Hello San Pedro podcast episode 32. You are listening to the Hello San Pedro podcast. I'm Amanda, your host. Join me as I talk to amazing people within our community, business owners, community activists, local leaders, and people like you and me who love San Pedro. This is a place where we'll share big ideas, discuss hot topics, and spread good vibes. Welcome back to the Hello St. Pedro podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Silva. Um, real quick before we get into the episode, has anyone been watching Dead to Me lately? It's a new show on Netflix, in case you guys didn't know. And of course, it's been getting a lot of local attention. I've been seeing a lot of posts about it in the local Facebook group and just by people in Pedro in general. Um, it is really awesome to watch if you live in San Pedro because like within the first two minutes you get a beautiful um just like a beautiful scene that takes place um on at point Furman, right on our beautiful park overlooking um our water so i mean it just has really awesome views of pedro in it also um there's like a few scenes where she's running i think it's supposed to take place in like laguna beach but they kind of use pedro as that neighborhood um and i think it's on paseo del mar you see her really running around the neighborhood and there's a lot of other scenes that I've noticed I don't know if other people have um the main character like is looking for cars at night and she I'm like noticing just that beautiful painted bathroom that's on you know Paseo Del Mar um in the background you can barely see it but I'm just seeing so many different scenes filmed in San Pedro so it was really cool as a San Pedro and it made me very proud also it's a pretty good show um there was like no part of it that went the way I expected it to um anyway I want to get right into today's episode episode. Um, so May is mental health awareness month. And I think that it's one of those topics that really do need more. It needs a lot more attention and discussion in, you know, in the community and in, in general. Um, so that's why I wanted to take at least a couple episodes this month to really focus on mental health. Uh, for this episode, I welcome back, uh, Rudy Caceres, who is a candidate for honorary mayor. And, um, and he talks a little bit about that. And he's also a mental health, a local mental health advocate. For those of you who didn't catch his previous episode, um, um, I want to just go ahead and formally introduce him once more. Rudy Caceres is an award-winning mental health advocate, a public speaker, and event producer. He has traveled the country delivering keynote presentations, worked with organizations such as the American Association of Suicidology, This Is My Brave, Mental Health America, and the National Alliance on Mental Illness. And he's also hosted various storytelling events at the Garden Church and the Water Grand Theater. He was named one of the Mighty Mental Health's Heroes of 2017, and he also hosts a Facebook Live interview show that he does every month. Um, the show is called No Restraints, and I actually asked him about this in today's episode. He currently serves as a board member of the Coastal St. Pedro Neighborhood Council and is their homelessness liaison. So I, I was really excited that he was um, interested in coming back on the show to help enlighten us on some of these issues. And I am incredibly grateful for his expertise and everything that he's had to say and share with our listeners. So um, yeah, without further ado, let's go ahead and get right into the episode. Enjoy. All right. Welcome back to the Hello Same Future podcast. Uh, today I have Rudy Caceres, who this is his second time on the podcast. Um, thank you, Rudy, for joining me today. Yes, am I, am I the first two-time Hello San Pedro guest? You are not. Um, Angela Romero. Uh, I knew, yeah, I, I knew you were going to say that, but guess what? I am going to be the first three-time guest. She's been on three times. Okay, I'm going to be <laughs> the first four-time guest, okay? I'm coming for you, Romy, all right? <laughs> she has the, yeah, she has the title right now, um, most repeat, yeah, she's the highest repeat guest. Um, I'm trying to think if anybody else... Is a repeat guest. I don't think I've had anybody else on twice, though. She's okay. the only one, yeah. I'm coming for you, Romy. No, no, no. Army. Army Linderborg. She was recently on with um, Green Girl Farms. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm going to be on five times. And then no one else. Yeah. Okay. 
If you go four times, then you're the winner so far. Yeah, I'll go five times. All right. Okay. Even though it's your podcast, you get to decide. <laughs> I'm come. I'm gonna be like the um, you know SNL, the five timers club, except it's okay. just gonna be me, and then you close it off. Anyone who else wants to be like more than three times, I just say no. No, okay. I can't. Rudy holds a title. There can be only one. Um, I thought it was a really great opportunity to have you back on. First of all, I enjoyed our original episode. We talked about your honorary mayor candidacy. And by the way, how's that going? <laughs> Dude, like, I, I'm so going to lose at this thing. That's the funny <laughs> thing. Like, you interview all these people in the beginning. They, they're so full of gusto. They're like, oh, bring it on. Yeah. Like, I, I'm, I'm in this for the long haul. Mm-hmm. And then slowly but surely, people just stop caring so much. <laughs> it's like, uh, but the thing is, like, I'm still... Reality. Sets in. <laughs> I'm still I'm still raising money yeah. and like once because like the money still goes to the charity so mm-hmm. as long as people are still opening up their purse strings then yeah. like there's no reason to uh, quit the campaign I know and you know what like I, I they've all said it you know nobody loses here because at the end of the day you know all our local charities are gonna get like a really great influx of cash and it's gonna be yeah and usually, usually when I hear that type of thing it's like no people do lose okay there are losers <laughs> there are winners I guess you probably welcome to the real everybody. world but in this case yes the winners are the charities, mm-hmm. okay? The winners the are people the running are the losers. <laughs> they have to deal with that shame. <laughs> There's no shame, I don't think. Yeah. So at the you know, at the end of the day, like, you know, you raise a lot of money for charity, so you're you're a winner in that way. Well, thank you. I will I will uh, accept that. Okay. Um, it's not too late to get in on his campaign. <laughs> yes, rudyformayor.com, gofundme.com slash rudyformayor. Cool. Okay. <laughs> um, Be, I, do the real, do, do the right thing, okay? Because, like, what, what else What else are you going to do with your money? Yeah. Okay. You're going to invest in Bitcoin? Come on. <laughs> um, said as we're here at Crypto Space <laughs> in a Bitcoin lounge. <laughs> um, well, I wanted to have you back on the show, um, <clears throat> not only because I enjoyed our first episode together, but I, I, it's Mental Health Awareness Month, and you are a mental health advocate, and I think you have a lot to say about the subject. I'm friends with you on Facebook, so I like secretly watch all your you know, videos, I see your posts about it. Um, so yeah, I wanted to have you back on. I think it's an important topic to talk about. Yes, and, and, and Facebook.com slash Rudy Caceres. Uh, my page is public, so even if we're not Facebook friends, you can still check out my content, my Facebook live show, No Restraints. And you can also go to norestraints.net to see all past shows where I interview the leading, and I'm talking about leading, mental health advocates in the entire world. Mm-hmm. So I'm very proud of that. And the whole thing about mental health awareness, it's like, I think people are aware of mental health. Yeah. They might like, think horrible things about it but I mean for me right now it's more about people labeled with mental illness uh, whether they agree with that term or not is about kicking ass Mm -hmm. kicking down doors where it's like not only do we want you to see us but we want you to give us what we need as Mm -hmm. far as um, don't discriminate us in the workplace or even in relationships, like whether it be personal, romantic, what have you, um, all these other things, like education-wise, like don't throw us out of university because like we're depressed and like trying to get help, mm-hmm. all these different things. Don't lock us up. Don't like have the, the police kick down our door down just because we're having suicidal thoughts. Mm-hmm. Those are, that's the next wave. That's the next wave of mental health activism I think it's important to talk about because I think that's exactly what's happening. You know, people with mental health issues are stigmatized. And I want to just talk about the fact that some of these mental health issues are things that we all kind of experience from time to time. You know, I think in my last episode with you, I talked about um, postpartum depression and, you know, some how a lot of women experience depression on a very real level, you know, and, and there's there are levels. I didn't experience it, I think, as bad as other women have. But that was a period of time in my life where I was, like, crying all the time. And I was, you know, I think I was experiencing postpartum depression. Um, there's waves that affect people, all types of people, you know? And it's not just labeled for certain people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, I've had so many people come up to me in confidence, say, like, I've dealt with depression, I've dealt with postpartum issues, I've, like, had bad panic attacks, or mm-hmm. I've even, like, seen things or heard things and, like, didn't know what was going on. It really scared me, but I don't 
I don't talk about it publicly. Like I don't I don't talk about like, I took meds for this thing. It just so I, I don't want to like be shunned or people think I'm crazy. All this stuff. There's so many people who deal with symptoms of mental illness but don't want to use that language because it's like no that's not me mental illness is those crazy people that's the, the shooters the mm -hmm. people on the streets yelling at themselves mm -hmm. all these different things whereas for me like i view all these issues these symptoms mm -hmm. as a spectrum of the human experience yeah. so some people experience them more extreme than others yeah. but it's it's not beyond any single person to experience any of these these issues. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, um, I think that's a really important fact to point out. And at the end of the day, like we're all people experiencing the human experience, and any type of event can cause either trauma or um, cause like a, a, a mental can trigger a mental health issue. Would you say that? Yeah, no, I, I wholeheartedly agree. Okay. I, I really want to take the time to talk about, like, the spectrum, you know, of and the degree, maybe with a few common mental health issues, um, that, that people might experience it. Yeah, I mean, I believe in the spectrum paradigm. Some people want to separate the so-called serious mental illnesses from the minor ones. Mm -hmm. But for me, like, I've been in states of, like, serious extreme like suicidal states mm -hmm. and now I'm in a much better place doesn't mean like I can never get to that level again there right. are there's a chain of events mm -hmm. that could happen that could put me in that state so mm -hmm. I think people downplay that because like people can go jump from one end to the other and it's usually due to societal issues mm -hmm. so say if I lost all my money right now mm -hmm. I would be in a horrible horrible state like mm -hmm. especially if I was like homeless and mm -hmm these kind of issues or if for, for some reason I was like wrongfully in prison or something like that like these things like Absolutely. these things are real things that can really screw up someone's yeah. psyche yeah I think financial issues hits really hard you know with a lot of people I think a lot of people can identify with that um, you know just being like even really tight or living paycheck to paycheck it adds like a whole nother level of stress to your life you know and, and it might just be one of those really subtle changes that you don't even notice but you're living in life more stressfully and i think that in itself can cause a lot of, of problems um i i recently added a, a new friend on facebook she she was a some girl she was a girl that i knew growing up in junior high and um, I recently added her on Facebook, and every day she's been posting, um, I guess she was diagnosed with autism. So every day she posts like an autism challenge that she has, or enlightenment. And I can't tell you how informative it's been for me. Um, someone who hasn't really known anyone who actively, you know, treats their autism or, or identifies themselves as autistic, um, it was, it's been so enlightening. And I've realized that there's just so many things I've, had wrong or not even considered, you know? Um, and I think that's, that's we just have it wrong as society. You know? Yeah, I mean, like, talk about a spectrum. My, my wife is autistic and she's educated me so much. Mm -hmm. And that's another thing that people, like, put in this paradigm of serious autism that needs to be cured and, like, less, like, more, uh, more moderate autism that's just like, oh, I'm just quirky or, like, I, like, have, like, processing issues, but mm -hmm. it's like, this is part of my identity. Yeah. It's like, no, like, people can shift from one end of the extreme to the other mm -hmm. and everything in between. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think, especially, like, I think in America, we're so focused on binaries, mm -hmm. whether it be with, like, these health issues or identities, yeah. gender, sexualities. Like this or that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, or, like, the rich or the poor. Mm -hmm. And I, I just, I hope, like, I feel like we're headed towards a more progressive state where it's, yeah. like, if you don't fit into either one of these boxes, mm -hmm. you're sick or you're just totally shunned by society yeah. and, like, no one gets it, no one recognizes you. Absolutely. I um, I think that, you know, we've kind of had it black or white for a long time, and it's time we start acknowledging that there is this spectrum, and it doesn't just apply to mental health, but it applies to all kinds of things, you know, like right wing, left wing, you know, when it comes to politics, it's like you are literally this or that, you know, there's almost no in between right now, it seems like you have to either side with one or the other. And I think that we need to understand, like, you know, there's a spectrum. There's a lot of people in, in this middle ground, this wide middle ground. 
um, that need to be considered and need to be identified, you know? Very true. Mm-hmm. So can you tell us a little bit about autism specifically? I, I mean, I recently, you might have noticed, um, actually we talked about it before, you said that you didn't notice, but like recently there was um, a news, um, a local news story, there was an autistic man who was um, assaulted in in uh, Palace Verdes. And um, quite a shame. It was really horrible to see. And I think that, you know, people who are friends and relatives of um, who of people who identify as autistic, they're really, really upset about it. You know, they really want to see justice served. Um, I think it's important we talk a little bit about autism specifically and what that means and what people experience who have autism. Yeah, and um, I'm by no means an autism expert. Um, my wife is. I mean, she probably have her on this I show. She's should. probably going to roll her eyes at some of the things I say, so I'm going to try to... <laughs> keep it brief but I mean yeah I mean people who are autistic are victims of crimes and because of that and the way society treats them they're often take their own lives or they're suicidal their entire lives Mm -hmm. and people don't get that because they don't take the time to really listen to an autistic person Mm -hmm. they think that these people don't know how to speak for themselves or are helpless or need constant uh, paternalism and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And it's so, it's so weird. Even people, like I was at a conference, there was this person who um, needed an iPad to communicate. That didn't mean that they were like mentally retarded. That didn't mean that they couldn't like speak for themselves. They just spoke in a different way. Mm-hmm. They were every bit, and even more so intelligent mm-hmm. than a lot of people at the conference, and it was it was awesome because no one really blinked um, blinked an eye at this person. They didn't they, they didn't like separate themselves, or this person didn't feel like they were uh, like alone, or no one wanted to hang out with them. Mm-hmm. It's 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 awesome. We need more of that. Mm-hmm. Just because someone has a different way of communicating or experience reality, does not mean that they're any less of a person than all of us are. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, that's the thing I want to stress to other people. Just because someone is nonverbal or rocks or does all these things and like that we, we see as autism doesn't mean that they can't speak for themselves, they can't make their own decisions, right. they may need accommodations. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing is that people confuse accommodations with helplessness, mm-hmm. whether it be ramps, whether it be captions or sign language, all these mm-hmm. things does not mean that the person is helpless or is uh, mentally incompetent. Yeah, no, absolutely. Where when I really think that probably more more than we more of us than we think actually experience these issues or, or perhaps are on the spectrum ourselves, you know? And there's just this otherizing that takes place and I think it's the lack of information, the lack of education on these types of, you know, struggles that makes us one way or the other, you know, binary, you know what I mean? Yeah, and it's weird because I see some people, what they call stimming, which is uh, for autistic people, where they have to, like, either do some kind of physical ritual or verbal verbalization, whether it be, um, like, imitating other people's voices or doing, like, the fidget spinner, things like that. Mm-hmm. And I see people who are not, like, autistic do these things. Mm-hmm. And, like, it makes me wonder, like, is this person autistic and they're just in denial or yeah. what have you? And it's just, like, this is one of the things where a lot of people, like, are... Are not as like normal, quote unquote, as they think they are. Mm-hmm. I'm doing the air quotes, even though it's an audio podcast. That's so funny. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> I know. I remember when I was in the uh, in, um, the army, and there was this platoon sergeant who hated air quotes. So <laughs> when he would see people do that, he would punish them by instead of making them do push-ups, they would have to do like a thousand air quotes. Oh my gosh! Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. Like just bunny ears. Yeah, yeah like, like like yeah like yeah like wow. anything. Anytime he would I'm see them, like he would he would right make now. them do them. <laughs> I know. Wow. Riveting audio right here. <laughs> <laughs> um, can we talk a little bit about your no restraints show and some of the things that you guys really get into? Maybe a particular one that stands out. Yeah, you know the thing is, is that I stumbled upon it like almost accidentally. It was just like I wanted to work with the psychologist who I really admired. She had like a very accessible way of breaking things down and she wanted to work together too, but it was like, how are we gonna make this work? Because I know I wanted to do it on Facebook because that's where both of our audiences were. Mm -hmm. And I finally found a way. Um, 
and it was it was a great thing. It was a great time. I sucked so I I was so <laughs> awkward, so nervous. I was surprised that people even tuned into this thing. They yeah. were probably like seeing this like split screen thing with two people, like which is uh, you don't see a lot on Facebook. And they're probably thinking like, what the hell is this? Mm -hmm. But I kept doing it. And shout out to Emily Roberts, the guidance girl, who like stuck with me for like the first few episodes. And like there, like it wasn't called No Restraints and maybe like six eight months later on and it was just one of those things where it kind of like just stumbled onto it of being a thing it was just me wanting to just like talk to people that i wanted to like actually collaborate with and have conversations with and right. otherwise wouldn't really have an opportunity so in january of 2018 i decided you know what this is a thing and there's no running away from it because people like it. Mm -hmm. I've gotten speaking work because of it and why not just um, lean into it and really hunker down and like make this my thing, make this my brand. So I came up with the name No Restraints because I've been a victim of forced hospitalization. I was put in a five, five point leather restraints and uh, several times. Oh, and it's also like a, like, like a, multiple meanings because no restraints is like there's no censorship you can talk about anything you want it's live okay there's <laughs> there's no way around it if you say something that you like end up regretting or anything like that like i don't i i don't think i've deleted one episode mm -hmm. and it's 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 one of those things where when all cylinders are firing and you have that participation from the audience asking questions in real time, it's there's it's it's an amazing experience. I've had some episodes I, um, that are just like I'm very proud of. Mm -hmm. There's some episodes that just completely fall apart for whatever reason, mm -hmm. like their internet sucked or their like technology just like they didn't check it and then realize that we're, or they're just flat out boring. Yeah, that happens. <laughs> yeah, they're just flat out boring. It happens. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but it's it's an awesome thing. No restraints. Um, Facebook.com slash Rudy Caceres. Currently, uh, it is Wednesdays at 12 p.m. And uh, but if you don't miss if you if you miss it and don't catch it live, that's totally fine. You can go to norestraints.net to see all past episodes. I believe I just did episode 44. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it's it's an amazing thing and um i'm sure i'll get to the point where i just run out of people to talk to and <laughs> i don't think so i know it seems like it but like having started this podcast like i'm i always thought i'd be limited on the amount of people that i'd be able to interview but yeah. you know we're in san pedro you only have you have a small community you're like well how many times can i you know Talk about how many, this how many one times thing. can I have Rudy Caceres on before the, <laughs> before the viewership just erodes? And you know what? Things just change and things develop, and new people come to town, new businesses open, and for example, mental health awareness is here, and there's an, another great reason to have you back on as a repeat guest. So I'm realizing there's just never going to be um, a, a like we're never going to be depleted of. Yeah, I subjects. think it would be great to mm -hmm. get some of these developers on the show. Oh, I would love to. Yeah, especially um, you know with uh, Jericho Development, they're like local. Oh yeah, right I mean, street. I mean, Alan Johnson is this legend. Oh, you know what? I recently met him, and it, it it was such a pleasure. He's such a kind man. I'm I'm gonna hold back from asking him to be on the show for just a moment. <laughs> he has an awesome goatee, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to a lot of the development here, but more more than the changes that we see, I think um, are the changes like the, the changes that I want to see are the ones we don't see. If I know. You, if you know I what just you want mean. an Apple Store like <laughs> on my block. <laughs> I want to see though, like you know, I want to see less hate for the homeless community, especially online, because that's what I'm seeing. And um, you know what we should do? We should say. You'll get an you'll get an Apple store on every block, but they all, they will have like a homeless shelter on top of it, and you don't get it to decide either or. Oh yeah, like it's a package deal. <laughs> yes, mm -hmm. it's like when you have like those um like like Senate bills where like they sneak something in like the last minute. That's like a like a necessary funding item. Yeah, you know what? If you um, I mean, just because you brought it up, but I really think that those type of things where you know really popular and really big not necessarily big brands but you know loved loved businesses in the community have a really interesting position because if they advocate for that community for the homeless community i think more more people will jump on the bandwagon you know what i mean um 
yeah, like for example, like crypto space, they they're always like welcoming to people if they need to charge their phone, you know. And it and and I've just I've seen it. It's been really. Oh, cool. that's good to know. Yeah, it is good to know. Um, I was really like, wow, I was touched by that, you know, because as a business owner, I get that it's risky, you know. I get like, in fact, their their window was broken, you know, by oh yeah, yeah, by somebody. They replaced it now, and it looks nice, but um. You know, I get that there are risks, but I think that, you know... The cool thing about cryptocurrency is that you can't actually steal anything. They probably thought, like, oh, man, there's got to be so much Bitcoins, like, in this place. <laughs> I know. I was like, do they realize that it's all online? Like, it's a, it's in the net? In the it's, 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 it's in the, it's in the, uh, the, the firmament. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, anyways, back to what we're talking about, I, I think... Uh, I think I'd, I'd like to really explore some ways that we can reduce the stigma around. Just give us money. Yeah. <laughs> like that's that's where I'm getting at at this point. It's like don't I, I don't want awareness campaigns. Yeah. I don't want anti-stigma campaigns. We need to just I mean, I am kind of serious at this. We need to just give more money to individuals who are really like game changing who either like are storytellers or want to put on events, want to put on conferences, mm -hmm. want to travel to conferences and advocate, go on to like advocacy days at the Capitol, mm -hmm. things like this, things that are just like really pushing things forward. Because I think a lot of these anti-stigma campaigns are just really like these big nonprofits who get all this money at the expense of like the little people like me not getting shit mm -hmm. and not pushing anything forward. Because yes, we have anti-stigma and people are aware, but where does that get us as a society? Mm -hmm. okay. I see what you're saying. Like most of these shirts are ugly too. Let's be honest. Let's be practical, kind of thing. You know, like let's if we really want to reduce the stigma or do all that, let's give it to let's give resources and funds to the people who are actually making the biggest difference. Yeah, it's it's like you're it's, the thing that's most aggravating is that those. Those organizations, those campaigns get the most money. It's like, I mean, I remember I went to a Rick Springfield concert that was um, sponsored by LA County DMH. And mm -hmm. it's like, Rick Springfield's not gonna do that for free. And it's just like, what does that actually do? Oh, he makes a PSA where like he says, get help. Who cares? Like, mm -hmm. that's, that's such a waste of money. <laughs> yeah. I, I see what you're saying. Um... Rick Springfield brought me to the clinic. I'm like, what? <laughs> Yeah, has anyone ever really said that? Or is it going to be like, oh, I saw, you know, like a Ariana Grande's, you know, announcement. Then do we, is that when we all self-diagnose and take ourselves to the clinic? I don't know. I see what you're saying, though. <laughs> yes, but, uh, but um, Ariana Grande goes to the bank. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. Um, so what are some other changes that you'd like to see happen? Um, I wish that we had more peer-driven events and groups, uh, people who identify as having a mental illness or whatever they want to call it, um, being, at, being at the forefront of their own decisions and own like um, planning for the future. I mean, I can't tell you how many groups I've been to where it's the family members will have a place. And like, I'm not trying to like saying family members don't have a place because obviously they suffer as well for different reasons. But it just seems like just like, can we have like one thing to ourselves where we can just like speak openly and not have to like- Be like, judged or- Or yeah. like, or like beat around the bush or like yeah. avoid certain language. It's just, there's, there's just so little of that where it's just, by peers, for peers, about peers, mm -hmm. with no other outside interventions. Mm -hmm. I I see what you mean. Um, do would you say that um, you brought up earlier that you would like to see more money go to mental Me. health advocates to you specifically? Yeah, yeah. I'll know what to do with it. <laughs> but also, would you say that like employers or or businesses um, need to not discount people with mental health issues when it comes to hiring? Yeah, I mean, people think that just because someone has a diagnosis, and it's it's illegal for them to ask, um, even if someone goes to HR for help or accommodations, um, people think that because people deal with depression or anxiety or whatever, that they're incapable of doing a certain job. 
maybe at a certain points they're incapable of doing certain jobs. It doesn't mean that they can't be productive. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that they can't achieve great things. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's just. I mean, it's it is what it is. Like people are horrible at certain jobs, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Okay, they're just not fit for it. And I think people who deal with these issues, the mental health issues, there is not a lot of like great fits because either lack of accommodations, lack of understanding, or they're too physically or emotionally demanding, mm-hmm. and we end up getting burnt out, we end up quitting, and yeah. blah, 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 vicious cycle. Um, what I would want to see more of, and I believe, um, I think it's like, uh, don't quote me on this, you can like edit my um, your voiceover <laughs> later. I think it's CalWorks that has something for mothers to, they can, um, nonprofits can get funding to hire these specific people um, for whatever job, whether it's like as like like receptionists or uh-huh. like pe- person who, like say if it's a theater company, someone should just like um, run lines with people or blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. And there needs to be more of that where people, the government can fund nonprofits to then hire people who normally wouldn't um, do well in a typical nine to five cubicle job or whatever. And that way, there's more flexibility. Usually, in nonprofits, especially like artistic nonprofits, they're more understanding, they're more progressive, and so many more people would thrive. I would thrive, like being able to have like a job and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, um, in addition to all the speaking work I do, like something more regularly and something more reliable, and I'm doing like great like work that I believe in, as yeah. opposed to something I have to do because I got bills. Mm-hmm so many more people would thrive and i think that's the way to go like even with um like some people talk about um like basic um universal income or um i can't remember the exact word where the government just gives you money Uh and that's great and all i won't turn that down Mm -hmm. but there's also like we want to we as a people want to feel like we're contributing to society in some way, mm-hmm. um, whether it be artistically or physically or in any way politically. And I think that's like really what we should be looking at, that we need to find ways, like innovative ways, new ways, but ways that people feel like they're making an impact in society. Because I think whether whatever level you see it as, I think people want to like say that they did something in their lives right absolutely and i think i think you're right we need to be a little bit more perhaps creative or or not as strict when it comes to like our rigid like the night just ask people what they want yeah instead of like making them take all these tests or like giving them like going to a job center and they have like these list of jobs that like none of them like like meet your like um abilities or whatever experience you know the the nine to five setup actually is not just um like I've been doing like a little bit of research and and it's showing that we waste a lot more time than, than, you know, anyone would even think that we do, you know, at work. And it's because of this nine to five, like format, you know, whereas um, some companies have opted to reduce the work week day or the the work week to four days a week um, and giving more time for family on the, on the weekend. Um, And then some companies have reduced it to like five hour working days. And I think, I think that companies are going to have to learn to be a little bit more accommodating because more and more people are going to realize that they're having struggles. They're having issues, you know? Yeah. I'm sure there's like some trucker listening to this who's like, God damn millennials. Like they (laughs) they want everything like handed to them and blah, blah, blah. I work 90 hours a week. Like suck it up. Mm -hmm. No, I, I get that too. I get that there's not going to be a lot of people who I, who really relate to that and people who have worked their entire lives you know 30 40 years given to the same company you know and I mean that is like nine to five five days a week for years and years and years you know with maybe like a two-week vacation a year you know I get that that's been the the norm for a long time but I think as people start to realize that they have mental health issues like I mean I think that the nine to five schedule could kind of even breed some in a way um we're gonna have to start making more and more accommodations you know um we make accommodations for a lot of other things you know executives get to take time off when they need to take time off oh i've got a trip coming you know (laughs) we're just gonna have to start making these accommodations and and i don't think it'll even make us less productive you know for the company yeah and like i mean to circle back to mental health it is a mental health issue like there's i mean it really wears down on you and I know people like I feel like this sometimes where 
I can't have a breakdown. I want to have a breakdown. I want to just like break shit. I want to just like explode and just like cry and like go away for a long time, crawl into a hole. But I can't because like I I got to run shit. I got to make things happen. Yeah. I got to make money. Yeah, that's the thing. Is that Are we talking I, about crying at work? I've done that. I know. Like <laughs> this is this whole concept of like I can't mm-hmm. I can't have a mental breakdown because. I gotta pay the bills. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Uh-huh. Um, we're not really like in this is like we're not really allowed to think that we can have that break for ourselves, you know. And I think people, um, I think it's getting more and more popular. But you know, when we're sick, we 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 call in sick. You know, if we have like you know a really bad cold or if we have the flu, we call in sick. But I don't think most of us would even think like to call in sick when you're just not mentally feeling well at all you know what I mean like we're on those days that you have absolutely like no will and you're really struggling like mentally to get yourself in a good place so that you can go to work I don't think most of us would even consider taking a sick day for something like that or even asking for accommodations yeah I mean I had um one person in my life at one point where she made all of these uh, requests for accommodations some of them were like oh, that's a bit of a stretch but even then like they denied them and she eventually got fired um not, not because of that but just because she just never coming to work basically uh-huh. <laughs> or just would like dip out and like lie about the reasons because mm-hmm. she didn't want people to think that she was like crazy or anything like that yeah. so yeah that's that's a major issue is that even if a job says that they are like mental health they friendly or provide accommodations it's still very hard for someone to reach out yeah. because even if it's just the hr person like mm-hmm. you're you're worried that you're the, the mentally ill person and like they can crack at any moment mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I get that. There's definitely that, like, stigma there. I think we need to reduce it. Um, well, actually, this is actually a good time for a break. We've already hit, like, 30 minutes. Um, and when we come back, I think we can talk about more ways that we can explore reducing that stigma as far as the community goes because I really want to keep it. I can't do anything about <laughs> big corporations or, you know, the whole entire, like, country as a whole but you know maybe there's some ways that san pedro can be a little bit more accommodating or you know just give me money <laughs> just and we'll money. be right back <laughs> okay after this break this episode is brought to you by crypto space san pedro's one and only cryptocurrency lounge learn more at cryptospaceus.com and definitely follow them on instagram at cryptospace.us Now we're back. Um, so Rudy, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you're passionate about? I'm passionate about storytelling. I'm passionate about collaboration and networking and community. Mm-hmm. I learned early on that no one really cares about my story. I mean, I mean, no one, no one, no one is gonna is gonna cry me a river. No one's gonna is gonna really, really <laughs> like care if I'm having a bad day. Let's be honest. It's more about what I can offer the world, what I can offer people in the room when I'm speaking, what they can take away from it, what they can apply to their own lives, and that's not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's uh, as selfless as one can be. I don't think anyone can be completely selfless, mm-hmm. but I see it as a way to to offer something of value to people where someone, this is my goal after every presentation when I'm speaking at, whether it's in front of like three people in a psych ward, whether it's like speaking in front of hundreds in a gymnasium or a conference, is for the the people at the end to say, well, I want to start telling my own story. Mm-hmm. Whether it's very minimal, like I, had, I deal with minor depression or like I had a full on psychotic breakdown and I don't tell anyone about it. I want, I want that kind of reaction. I've had that happen before. I've had people tell me afterwards. I've had people write to me afterwards. Like I've, I've gone to uh, high schools and the uh, teacher brought back, uh, showed me the evaluations and it's like some really, really dark stuff, but much needed. Yeah. Because that's the thing is that people are afraid to say, talk about self-harm, especially teenagers or eating disorders because they feel like uh, they're gonna get expelled or put in a hospital or anything like that. Yeah. And there's not 
a lot of outlets for people to talk about these experiences without feeling like they're going to be locked away or whatever. Yeah, I can see that. Mm -hmm. So I want I want to normalize that. I want to normalize people talking about suicidality and talking about dealing with uh, like eating issues, dealing with self harm issues, and openly and like with other people who are experiencing that. Like yeah. we don't have a lot of that. I mean, we have support groups and have everything, but it's usually led by a clinician and everything. So there's still a bit of hesitation and mm -hmm. we need to break that down I um, I recently read like a statistic it was um, it was like a headline saying that the youth suicides have gone up significantly in the last um, couple of years do you have any insight as to why that is or or perhaps any insight at all into suicide prevention for youth yeah, I just came back from the American Association of Suicidology Conference uh, in Denver last week, and I learned a lot. It's my third time there. Mm -hmm. And to be fair, like there are certain demographics that are the suicide rate is lowering or stabilizing. But yeah, I mean, youth, it's 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 hard because I don't want to be one of those pundits that like places all the blame on say thirteen reasons why or like all these other things I've going on. I've seen headlines about thirteen reasons why too, and, and kind of listing it as some sort of um, culprit. You know? Yeah, I find it hard to believe. And who am I to speak? Where someone's watching that show, it's like you know what? I'm gonna go kill myself now. Mm -hmm. Like what? Yeah. <laughs> there's so many. There's so many other things that are involved with someone actually taking their own life yeah. and you can't just put all the blame on a TV show or a book they read or whatever so it's it's hard and I think it's a lot of it has to happen with parenting I'm not saying like it's like the mother's fault or the dad's fault or anything like that but I feel like a lot of it is people not um, having the ability to be resilient on their own I think a lot of parents like uh, coddle their children um, there's a lot of uh, like feeling like you're the most special person in the whole world and then you get to like high school or whatever and then you just you realize that's totally wrong <laughs> you you the world couldn't care less about you and so a lot of that's happened it really messes with the psyche where it's like you feel like you're in a safe place you feel like people are protecting you and then that's slowly but surely that's not the case at all as a parent i'm like listening very intently because i want to make sure that i do raise a resilient kid you can do all the other cool things i'm not saying like every kid like has to like have like a horrible life in order to build themselves up yeah. but we don't do enough of that mm -hmm. like Every kid needs to like have some kind of adversity, no matter what income strata you're from. It's that that's that'll help. And I think also like I'm not a like a luddite or anything like that, but technology also plays a role. I, I talked to one doctor where he was he read a uh, research study where in Korea where once. Uh, that technology really took over and you know like like especially south korea obviously not north korea where right. like you have like you have like like video game leagues where it's like the number one most watched sport and uh -huh. then the suicide rate rose dramatically once you had this technological revolution because people like are and you see this people are not like talking to each other's faces anymore and like i mean there is a place for online friendships and relationships but when it's at the expense of missing that face-to-face -face human interaction mm -hmm. where it's like you're constantly looking at your phone or you don't want to go outdoors because mm -hmm. it's a scary place and it, it is <laughs> but we lose something at that mm -hmm. as great as online um, relationships can be and it's very necessary for certain people like autistic people mm -hmm. um, that's just fact mm -hmm. suicide rates rise because we don't have as much of a um, sense of interconnectedness that's very huge it's a very huge word in suicide prevention is interconnectedness where we all feel like we're in this together uh-huh i see what you mean like a community yeah we don't look after each other enough mm -hmm. we don't ask each other how how each other's feeling um at least on um, a more in-depth level I, I'll ask you how you're doing, but what I I don't want to know your war stories. Yeah. I don't know like the fight you had with your husband last night. Like right. it's so weird. Mm -hmm. So you're saying that we need more friendships where we do have people to talk to about these things? Yeah, I mean we need more of like me saying hi to the person walking by me on the street as opposed to like I'm pulling my phone out and hoping that they get the hint. Absolutely. I I agree. I think we need to 
talk to our, our fellow neighbors. You yeah, I, I, mean? I fall into this trap too. I think there's like a normalization of just hating people. Yeah, I think you're right. I'm <laughs> just not is. like it's. It's like there's a romanticization of like I'm not a people person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like what is that all about? <laughs> yeah, you know? okay, you're killing people. That's <laughs> the blood is on your hands for the suicide rate rising. So indirectly, people who are not pop- like people, people. I mean. We need to just be a little bit more friendly as a community. Yeah, checking yeah. in on each other. I was reading about uh, there was like a, this horrible heat wave that happened, I think, 2003 in France and other countries, mm-hmm. where you had like literally thousands, thousands of senior citizens die in their oh homes because no one was checking in on them. Oh my goodness. Thousands. That doesn't that blow your mind? That's awful. That's so awful. It's awful to hear. Yeah, and it's scary because you just um, you you want to think that you are being a, a good friend or a good you know you know brother or sister or a family member to somebody, but if you're not checking in on them or asking how they're doing, you know, there's yeah. there's a failure there. Yeah, I hear that a lot from people where they attempted suicide because they either thought no one cared about them or they felt like they were a burden on others. Yeah, yeah, I um I had a friend in in um in high school who. You know, at the time, it felt like he would threaten suicide. That's how it felt to me, you know, as a friend. Because I felt like, well, why are you doing this? I felt like it was a, like he demanded my attention, you know. And um, and I realized he was going through just a very serious struggle. It wasn't something that was unique to his relationship to me. It was a unique, it was, it was something that he has been struggling with. It was, you know, um, for whatever reason, he had been, struggling with suicidal thoughts for a long time and um it was it was so hard for somebody who was a friend to identify what he really needed um all i did was stay on the phone with him for a really long time many times (laughs) yeah and i don't know this person i don't want to speak for everyone but i think threatening suicide has to do with that may be the only power they have Mm -hmm. over others Uh, they may feel completely helpless or just like i said a burden same thing with self-harm a lot of people do that not necessarily to because they want to take their lives at least not at that moment it's because their body might be the only thing they have power over yeah they have control of yeah they can control the pain they and that's the thing is that it's obviously painful too i I don't me personally i don't understand like because i could never do that because it hurts Mm -hmm. but there are people who want that pain because they they can control it and they can feel it they have power over it i've heard that they you know that um that sometimes people who do self-harm are like being in control of something that they feel you know what i mean whereas living sometimes feels like you're constantly a victim of these emotions that you have caused by the outside world yeah i see more and more where people don't even hide their their self-harm scars because Mm -hmm. they they want people to know that they're not necessarily like they're suffering and should feel sorry for them but like they're like they're going to an extreme state and that's that's just the way it is mm-hmm. yeah um <clears throat> what are some ways that you think that the community can be more involved in maybe destigmatizing mental health it's not enough to like say give a dollar to a nonprofit or a teacher or like that it really really involves communication to going to like advocacy days to like know what laws can change like they're like the fact that we don't have a uh, certified peer specialist program in the state of california where people who work peer-to-peer people who identify as having a mental illness can like support others that they can't bill medicare Mm. there's no there's no standardization of that process Mm -hmm. and so it's like a wild west still in california like we're like one of like like two three four states that don't have that at all there are practical ways that people can get involved in mental health advocacy that really can affect things and and that that falls on people like me too to educate others and so there needs to be more of that like I know I keep coming back to the money thing but if we had like more funding towards education as far as like what we can do like as far as changing laws as far as creating more accessibility that really goes a long way. So I see that also as my goal as opposed to, um, in addition to storytelling is educating about 
yep. about what can be changed mm -hmm. as opposed to like, oh, I feel good because I got a t-shirt. Mm -hmm. No, I see what you mean. There needs to be like an active change and there needs to be a, a new way to do things, you know? And I think funding makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so people ask like, oh, like, what does that mean? Like, I'm telling you what it means, okay? There are things that you can specifically like advocate for funding for that actually do change things as opposed to like, I'm just gonna like give some money to some random nonprofit and they'll figure it out. Oftentimes they don't figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> they don't, they don't really understand that's because they're usually run by family members or rich people and like people like us are not, don't have a seat at the table. Mm -hmm. That's what you mean. So it needs to be more individualized. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. And like peers at the forefront. Okay. Yeah. I'm tired of people with money um, who don't have lived experience patting each other on the back. And while people like me get scraps or get nothing at all you know it's weird is that like I said peer specialists um, a lot of organizations either don't pay them or underpay them and like give them all these responsibilities like as a social worker and sometimes um, they're getting paid less than the janitor Wow yeah no offense janitors they they do necessary work I'm not hating on them but yeah. the fact is is that they're, yeah them. they're getting like a hundredth of what like a social worker is getting paid and not and social workers don't get paid nearly as much as they should yeah so it's it's weird it's, how that works out it's just clear that we we don't um, we haven't prioritized this, that that type of work we don't prioritize or fund you know put our money where our mouth is when it comes to that type of work. Yeah, I mean, there's there's so much, and like like I told you about like the whole giving money to nonprofits to hire employees uh, for people who wouldn't fit into a standard uh, nine to five cubicle job, and mm -hmm. there certainly are people who do thrive in those situations and are necessary, mm -hmm. but but yeah, there's there's those are some practical ways to change things. To uh, there's this whole thing called a peer respite house where people who are in a state of crisis mm -hmm. um, for where a hospital is not appropriate or necessary, they can go there. There's room for them to stay overnight, however long they can like interact with other people or not. Mm -hmm. There's like games to play. There's like uh, the, like art art space and everything. Mm -hmm. And if we can get more funding to those places or, yeah. or clubhouses where people can drop in, drop out and not like be in like a strict medical setting with like locked walls and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. We have to go through a metal detector. Yeah, absolutely. I can see that. There just needs to be more community involved in in and peer-to-peer -peer connection, right? Yeah, and like more artistic spaces mm -hmm. where people who can express themselves like inwardly, I've been to art shows that are completely um, put on by people with live experience. And some of this stuff, it's just like, man, I'm so glad that they have a way to visualize what's going on because mm -hmm. it's it can be hard to explain to people. And when you can put it in even an abstract way, that really like, can open people's eyes. It's like, oh, wow, this is what it's like. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything big coming up for, for you as far as um, your work in, in this community? Yes, um, locally I'm, I'm presenting with my wife on accessibility. Oh, cool. um, it's called Beyond the Ramp, Why Accessibility Matters in Mental Health Care. And I'll be presenting at the National Alliance of Mental Illness California oh, awesome. conference on May 31st in Newport Beach. Um, That'll be cool because it's our first time presenting side by side. Oh, that's great. And it's on an issue that is practical. That's mm -hmm. not just like patting each other on the back mm -hmm. um, or a thousand PowerPoint presentation. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited about that. And I'm actually going to be speaking at the Shedding Light on Mental Health Conference all the way in Greater Wheeling, West Virginia. Oh, wow. I'm excited about that because it's, I've done keynote presentations before, but like I'm, I, I'm like in like, side by side with some really really amazing people that like i'm in good company yeah. and it's a very uh a big conference and i'm excited to do it i get to travel it's always nice when like i get like the yeah, I get flown out i get the rental awesome. car and everything mm -hmm. i get like show respect like i should yeah. oftentimes <laughs> like i've had times where like i'm expected to pay my way it's like no that's ridiculous i'm not going to do that at all yeah absolutely but, that's really that's really good and that's exciting and i know and i have some cool ideas from that that i'm hopefully going to be able to apply um, here. I feel like I don't do enough like 
speaking in yeah. in St. Petersburg specifically. Yeah. We need to put more. I mean, May like there are um, resource fairs like a DMH going on in May and all around Los Angeles. You got the We Rise event happening in the Art District mm -hmm. um, in mid May. So. I just wish that I, I can get more because this is my wheelhouse. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm not like I'm not like the doggy uh, date night guy. Okay, these are <laughs> these are these are cool things to try out and to experiment with. But yeah. it comes down to I'm a storyteller. I want to give a platform for other people mm -hmm. to share their stories, mm -hmm. and I'm going to. Okay? okay, and I can't wait to show you all the Hello San Pedro listeners <laughs> what's in store because I, in some ways as much as I love raising money for the charities mm -hmm. for the honorary mayor campaign it's also kind of um, restricted what I can do because it's taken up so much of like my mind share and everything right, so right. I'm excited to go back to putting on storytelling events and to hopefully um, in the near future put on like larger events with like, like national speakers and everything. I think that would everything. be awesome. Yeah. And, and, and do it here locally you're saying? Yes. Yeah. Because, I think that would be awesome. Because San Pedro needs more world class mm -hmm. entertainment and not only entertainment but things that stick with you long after you walk out of the venue right I, I know what you mean like um impact some impacting speakers and yeah yeah and i want I, you to go that full spectrum of feeling uncomfortable to laughing to crying to wanting to like completely have a catharsis to <laughs> being appreciative mm -hmm. to being like i am never gonna forget this night I would love to see that type of personal growth happen for the the people of San Pedro. You know, I think my I think part of the reason I started the podcast is so that we can all just be enlightened and be educated and and be entertained and 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 all of that, and we do it together. You know. Yeah, and it, and it's great because I learn a lot of, about other creative people, about a lot of other ambitious people that might otherwise fly under the radar. So I think this is a great way. You're doing a great service. Amanda to to really open people's eyes about the amazing things that individual San Petrans are doing in our community yeah like yourself thank you I will definitely put all your links in the show notes um, but is there any particular place you want to drive listeners to right now Yes, um, for all things Rudy Caceres, go to rudycaceres.com and you can also go to norestraints.net, which mm -hmm. is also linked on rudycaceres.com, mm -hmm. um, facebook.com slash rudycaceres, and on Instagram, on Twitter, I am at rudycaceres. So go check those out. I'm constantly posting and I love to engage with people. So if you heard about me through the Hello San Pedro <laughs> podcast, I'd love to hear about it. Yes, yeah, I would too. So I'll be listening as well and um, also if you see me walking the streets of san pedro mm -hmm. come say hi you know i think that people are starting to recognize your face i mean because we see your face on the garden church right here on the on the banner yeah and um yeah i see your face on social media a lot so i think that if people will i think more and more people will start to recognize you You'll yes. get that celebrity status. Yes, and I, I do carry my square card reader every now and then. Yeah. So if, if, you're just like, let me, you know, I want to give you money, Rudy. Yeah, if you're <laughs> if you're one of those people who's like, oh man, I want to donate, but like I don't have any cash on me, sorry, and I'm gonna be like, okay, that's why I got my card reader. So. <laughs> No excuses. <laughs> that is so funny. And your campaign is still continuing right now. It ends in June, June 17th. June and then 17th. the winner will be announced the following week, which I'll miss because I'm having my East Coast wedding in, oh my in gosh, New Hampshire. Okay, cool. So hopefully, actually, hopefully I don't, I don't win because I won't show up anyway. <laughs> hilarious. Well, I know that even if you don't win, you've done an amazing, um, a, a wonderful job raising money for local charities. Um, at the end of the day, you are a Winner, no yeah, and especially feed and be fed. I, if you don't know about them, I, yeah. hopefully you have some people you, from from them on your show. You were incredibly enlightening. I mean, when you talked about the the charities you were raising money for, I was I was really impressed, and I was like, wow, it's so good to know that we have these resources here in San Pedro. So yeah, I should have somebody from feed and be fed on the show. Yeah, That'd be great. yeah. I mean, like that was one of my main goals. Is in addition to raising the money, is to get the awareness about feed and be fed and all the amazing things that they do. It's a crime that people. People walk by this thing all the time and don't even know what's in there, what they do. Yeah. I say feed and be fed. They have no clue what I'm talking about. Yeah, that was me. Huh? And that's going to change. I change it with you. Hopefully mm -hmm. it changed with your listeners. Mm -hmm. And that to me is a winning success. Yeah, I agree. Well, thank you so much for joining me on the show for this um, 
I think, really important conversation about mental health. So Until next time, and the time after that, and the time after that. Until four time, five times, right? Yes. <laughs> and I'm not going to put the limit there, don't worry. <laughs> okay. We'll put the limit on others. Yeah. Because <laughs> you were the winner, right? Yes. They need to be put in restraints. <laughs> Um, Andrew Romero is not going to like that. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're awesome. You're awesome, Romy. You're you're a gift to San Pedro. Like yeah. I'm not. You're you're awesome. Okay. Like I don't want you to get a wrong impression. Okay. <laughs> That's funny. Well, thank you guys for listening. I will have all the links in the show notes so, uh, where you can follow Rudy, follow his work, and um, also follow his honorary mayor campaign. Yes, RudyForMayor.com, mm-hmm. GoFundMe.com/slash/RudyForMayor. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I'll have all the links up in the show notes. Thank you again, Rudy. I really appreciate you on the show. Thank you. Alright everyone, thanks so much for listening. Again, if you guys liked the show, um, be sure to leave us a review and let me know what you guys think. Oh yeah, and also have a wonderful Mother's Day. To all you mothers out there, thank you for everything that you do. Things that we notice and things that we don't. You guys are amazing. We love you. Alright guys, have a wonderful weekend. Um, Can't wait to see you guys next week in the next episode. And yeah, enjoy. Enjoy.